Welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, where inspiration and possibility meet on KDRT 95.7 FM. We are often bombarded with messages about what to eat, what is a secret exercise to join, or what to eliminate from our life to lose weight. What do we need to restrict? Why, how can we be more disciplined? What tricks can we play on ourselves? I invited one of my former clients on today to discuss her journey about losing 25 pounds and doing this without dieting and how she's been able to maintain her natural weight for the past 15 or 16 months. Kathleen, hello and welcome to my show. Hi, thanks so much. So, you know, I wanted you to come on because I think you're an example of what is possible, right? When you put, when you do the work that we did together and you put it into practice, and um, recently we had touched base and you just let me know that you're still at your natural weight that you had lost during the circle. And here we are 15 or 16 months after we had finished coaching, the coaching process. So um, first, I guess I want you to, can you do mind talking about, was this a dieting process that we went through? Um, actually, not at all. Um, I, for a very long time, have steered away from anything that would fit the whole framework of what a diet is supposed to be, you know, the whole, you've got to do this by a certain way and eat certain foods and that kind of thing, because I had always found that that didn't really work for me, and so, and, well, and I think we've talked before about how I'm a very do-it-yourself kind of person, so I would just sort of lean toward what felt right for me and um, so this was definitely not that it actually fit more into a way of being able to adapt what felt right to me to something that would work to help me lose weight if that makes sense I was able to kind of it, it was a way to have a framework to you to create my own system mm-hmm that that felt more natural to me mm-hmm. and it's very it's very customized i mean it it became so clear to me that you know the the truth that one size does not fit all one one way of doing things that may be great for one person really might not work for me and it became absolutely crystal clear through this process because i was able to use the tools custom fit them for myself and then I know that my experience was probably very different from each and every other person that might be getting the same tools and, and, and being taught, taught what you, you know, were able to teach us. Don't you think that the, the space that we had in the circle was about you listening to your own body, you being the expert on how your body feels when you eat certain things? Oh, 100%. 100% because what really, and I may be jumping ahead here, but what became so obvious to me through this process is that my body had been being the expert all along and kind of, I was kind of unconsciously allowing myself to be steered 
um, but wasn't really, you know, there. This was about coming into awareness and then being able to line up with what my body already knew what was best for me and bring it into conscious alignment and and doing these deliberate awareness practices that you took us through was absolutely is absolutely one hundred percent true. So can I share with the listeners kind of um, your some of your fears before we started the circle? Yeah, I'd like to hear them again, too, Okay, because <laughs> it's been a little while, yeah. So I dug them up to prepare for the interview, and one thing is the circle is a coaching group that I have for six months. And so, I mean, for some people, it's like, really, six months? Can I do this? Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that you were concerned about was six months. That's a long time. Can I see, <laughs> can I see this through? Oh. Uh. That makes me laugh now. <laughs> right? Because in, you even you even called yourself out in the coaching packet that I'd sent prior to the start of it. You said you really are a strong starter, but then you tend to wane. Mm-hmm. And what was your actual experience going through the six months? I realized, well, and that that has been true. And it, it's, it's funny that rings true for me now because I do tend to be a strong starter but I see that differently. I see that I get very interested in something and then my attention gets drawn away. But this was such a process that it actually continued. It wasn't just a static process. It continued to be new. I mean, I I was learning something new about myself and my habits and things that I just took for granted in the way I did things. Every single day I did something mm-hmm. for this. So the end of the six months came and it just seemed like no time at all because it isn't this big giant, you know, the the gun goes off and you go across the, the start line and you, and you, and you go and then everything just kind of, you know, interest wanes and tapers off. It, there is something new to it every, every single day, or at least that was my experience with it. Well, yeah, cause it's set up where we have two calls a month. And then every week there's an email that goes out. Was that helpful for you to have that email every week? So every month there was a kind of a general topic. And then every Mm -hmm. week it was broken down to a little bit more specific for that week to focus on that week. Did that help you kind of stay a little bit more engaged? It was, it was real helpful. And the, um, the emails kind of, they surprised me in a, in a helpful way. Um, because, seeing my words mirrored back to me and having somebody ask me a question that was, because, you know, I always, since I'm a do-it-yourself kind of person, I always feel like I can be my own mirror. Mm-hmm. Or most of the time I feel like I can be my own mirror. But having somebody that speaks a somewhat different language than I do or sees things from a different perspective than I do, meaning you, um, throwing something back into the arena, you know, asking a question about something I had never looked at in that way before, would get my attention, even if it's something I pushed back against or even felt like I was going to defend myself, you know, like, oh, this is why I do this. It it still made me think about it enough to slow it down and notice, hey, wait, I really do do this. So in that way, yeah, it's really helpful to get the emails. And having a particular topic just kind of gave us some kind of, you know, gave it kind of a grounding, you know, at least we know where we're coming from right now. It didn't, you know, just kind of a one step at a time kind of feel to it. Yeah, because it, there, there is the structure that 
goes through the circle. And then even though, and even though we're talking about weight loss, there were so many different topics that would come up within the groups, right? Relationships, Uh money, jobs, family, parenting. I mean, you know, um, relationships with our own parents being an adult child, right? There are Uh so many, but then using the framework of the group seemed to be helpful for you as well as the other members. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was aware while we were in it that, um, you know, the way I approach, say, losing weight or trying to create a new habit or dealing with other issues in my life, you know, I was going to do it the same way in each arena. And so doing it with the focus of losing weight um, definitely helped me see how I was processing or dealing with other things in my life too. So in, in that way, it just, it, the weight loss is the focus of it, but for sure, you know, it does bring up all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a, in a very structured kind of way, which I think was good for me because I tend to kind of, you know, steer away from structure naturally, but actually the structure is helpful for me. So that was a, kind of a good little, you know, kind of shake up the old way of doing things for me, mm-hmm. you know, having that particular style of structure. And also having it every other week, I kind of thought early on, it's like, well, I'm just going to go off and do other things and forget all about it and be, oh, I've got to pick it back up. But that was actually pretty good timing, I felt like, because it was time to live life and put things into practice, and then, but not enough time that I get so far away from it, I have to start over again. And I'll make a confession, and I think you know this pretty well, that, um, well, if I can say one of the processes about writing down what I eat mm-hmm. and and the time and, and just, well, food logging, um, I did the same way I do everything else. I would get up to almost time to send them back here right before our, our biweekly meeting. Mm-hmm. And that's when I would do it. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time I wasn't writing things down as I went, and then I would have to go back and remember it. And that that started to get my attention too, because when I would eat something and say, you're going to have to remember this, and not only do you have to remember it, you're going to have to remember it for the 10 days that you're going to wait to write it down, <laughs> you know, then I noticed I was eating it. And I started, you know, having even better backwards attention too if that makes any and I know that sounds kind of crazy but I was developing more awareness like you're going to have to remember this mm-hmm. and um, you know it was making me more mindful in the moment like look at what look at what you're doing this is you're going to have you're going to be accounting for this sometimes <laughs> notice what you're doing right now remember this remember this and so. when there's always resistance and people get really afraid when they hear that there's food journaling and it's only for a short bit of time to mm-hmm. do the members actually send them to me. It's a practice, right, that we want to cultivate. And that's and the reason to send it to me at first is just to get used to that habit of doing it. Yes. But so here so a lot of people have had experience with doing food journals and then becoming um, maybe reprimanded right? Or told that they're not doing it right, which triggers a lot of shame. Mm -hmm. 
Do I ever do that? Did you? Yes. Oh, no. No. And that was a nice little, that was a nice little revelation, too, because I would, you know, just like saving it to the last minute, don't think for a minute that I wasn't that way in school. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would do my homework at the last minute and I would come up with quality work, but it was always that last little minute. So the shame thing was there and I was always feeling like, oh, somebody's expecting me to do this and I'm just going to blow it. And it took going through it and having time pass and seeing, no, this is about what I'm willing to put in for myself, you know, knowing that you, Corinne, were not going to reprimand me. It was just more of a guidance into a practice. Mm -hmm. And I I finally came to understand that it was just redeveloping a habit. Mm -hmm. Um, And even though I continued that practice of kind of doing it at last minute and when the the time came where I was no longer keeping a food journal, I kind of abandoned it. But the awareness habit remained. And I think that was, for me, you know, it's going to be different for everybody. I know people that are very good at keeping meticulous records and they do it as they go. I'm not one of those people. And I learned how to be okay with that, that I have a different way of doing things. And, you know, with you not doing the, rep- you know, staying at arm's length, I guess, is a way to put it. And just saying, this is, you know, this is what I'm asking you to do, but it not being a, you know, a practice in in um, dogma or shame or this is the only way to do this was really helpful with that. Well, and one of the reasons that I do that is that first off, all of my clients are adults, right? So, yeah, and 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 we we these responses that we have of oh, I've got to please the teacher or oh, I have to do that. That's actually us being the emotional child. And so mm-hmm. I want my clients to come in and step into their adulthood and, and be, and I'm their partner, right? I am not this big guru. I'm their partner who's here to help them. Mm-hmm. And, and then the other side is that my clients tend to be, have pretty good rebellious streaks to, to themselves and they don't, you know, they're, they're not big conformists. <laughs> yeah. Right. I can feel that. <laughs> so, so it, the, the, and it's, and the other side is what you brought into earlier about it's not a one size fits all. Even though it's a group, there's every person, yeah. there are patterns, but every person has their own unique experience. Mm-hmm. And so there's a structure in place, but it's not rigid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where, and, and this is something that we would talk a lot about in the circle was everybody's food journal even looked differently. Right. It wasn't like I handed a workbook and said, this is how you must complete it and this is how it must look and this is how you must right. give it back. Now, when I was a college professor, I had actual formatting guidelines of how I wanted it. Yes. But that was a different relationship here. It's about because this is a tool for you to use. What is the best way? Right. And everybody had a different format. So it was about me acclimating to everybody's format, not everybody acclimating to my own process. Right. Right. Yeah. I had forgotten about that because it's been well, it's been over a year since. I even completed with you. Yeah, I had forgotten that we get to, we could put it in there in our own way. Mm-hmm. There was just specific information you were looking for. And yeah. the, the adult child thing, that, that was one thing that really surprised me. And I think it may be, you know, I don't know if that's kind of universal, but to realize that that's what's in play, that we're, you know, that we still have that got to please the teacher mm-hmm. feeling, that how prevalent that is. It, it really caught me off guard. Like how much I, I my my inner thirteen year old came back like oh, I've got to do this, 
um, that really caught me by surprise, and it was good to be able to kind of step through that without it being, um, you know, you know, it was a little bit of a safer way to say, okay, this is here, and I'm going to learn how to to get through it, and I feel a little bit uncomfortable, but the world's not about to end, and I'm not in school having to do that anymore. So, mm-hmm. did did you feel safe in the circle? I did, I did, and I also recognized, and it's it, and I feel it pretty clearly now, even though it's been a while. I also recognized that my level of safety and comfort had an equal amount to do with what I was willing to, you know, how much I was willing to let myself feel safe and comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, because you created the, again, you created the framework and you set that tone and you also stepped out of the way and, and allowed us to find that for ourselves um yeah i don't know if i don't know if that's really an answer i yes i did feel safe there i felt very much that it was a safe place for me to be who i am who Mm -hmm. i was at the time and i tend to be very verbal um (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i i know that and i i know that in that particular setting, I was one of the more verbal people because I'm willing to share my experience. And there are times where I'll sit back and be very, very quiet and just listen to what's going on with everybody else. And I felt safe enough to be able to express, you know, what was going on in my experience in there, which was a, a, a really good experience for me. Yeah, I think that's always a concern about showing up to group. And the nice thing about the circle is that it's confidential, right? So you can show up, you can talk about some of the deep inner struggles that you may be going through that may have a lot of shame, but Mm -hmm. you don't have to worry is, is so-and-so down the street going to know, or is my child, you know, um, a friend's parent going to know it's a place where you can show up and help release that shame, but without having to worry about where's this information going to convey to you? Because I'm the only person in the group that knows who everybody is. Everybody else is just showing up to the group yeah. and they're being a part of yeah. it. And they know people from within that group, but they don't know who they are or, or, and I know for some people there's a freedom to that too, because I have some clients who are, you know, their reputations are very important to their professions And there can be concern Mm -hmm. about, oh, my gosh, if people knew who I was and this is an area that I suffer in, even though that they're successful in all these other areas, they worry that it could really discount them um, in their work that they do. They look at them differently. Yeah, because they have this struggle with food, right? But here's a part of them, and it doesn't define their entire life, but it's a part of them that they have a struggle with. Mm -hmm. Well, and the... There was definitely a knowing that this wasn't going to pop up somewhere else down the road where somebody might recognize my voice because I didn't know anybody in the circle at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that we're talking about it, you know, thinking back, knowing that I tended to be more verbal and I was more willing to talk and some people more more shy about mm-hmm. it. And I understood that. And I know sometimes 
I would get real sensitive about, oh, am I talking too much? Am I sharing too much? Am I talking over somebody else? Which I didn't, I didn't feel like I was talking over somebody else, but just taking up the time. And then I, because it was confidential and I knew that, like, because you said you were the one creating, you actually brought it up one time and said, you know, I, I say how this is, how the energy is going to flow here. So let that be my responsibility. You said that yourself. Um, yeah, I'm, and I'm the facilitator. I will manage. You're the facilitator, yeah, yes. I will manage. And you would manage that. And that was your responsibility and for not to be our responsibility to account for how other people in the group are behaving or reacting or whatever, which was a huge, huge revelation for me because I do have a tendency to try to feel like I'm responsible for, you know, responsible for the emotional well-being of other people that I'm interacting mm-hmm. with and that will really cramp me, you know, keep me it'll put a kink in me really doing the work I need to do and that right there, you know, realizing it's not my responsibility to take care of the other people it to allow them to have that responsibility for them, themselves and their own actions um was a a real big kind of a game changer mm-hmm. for me. And I, and there was a, it was a, a nice revelation when you actually stepped up and said, you know, I facilitate this or however you put it at the time. I, you know, I'm, I'm creating the structure of this and I, you know, I'll, you just do what you need to do. And it, it changed how I was able to interact in some ways with groups of people at all. Well, yeah, because, you know, you as you were comfortable showing up and talking and sharing, other people may not, you know, it would t- it could take them months before that they mm-hmm. would actually speak on the call. And and so that was more about me making sure that, OK, who wants to use this space that we have as a group and who is just right now where they are at is they're more about kind of listening, right? Standing on the sidelines a bit and just listening. And then the other side is that they may take the group calls and then go into the one-on-one stuff and, you know, need more of that safety area doing additional one-on-one work. Um, mm-hmm. But the the feedback I always get from the members is that, you know, somebody will share something and while it may be a different circumstance or situation, they can, there's a nugget that they can get that they can apply to their life. So it gives, yeah. it helps give them some incredible insight. And I don't know if you found this, Kathleen, but... Sometimes it's like, you know, when we have our own blind spots, we're focusing on our problems so much that we can't see, but when we, and so we're so close and then, but when we hear somebody else's journeys or struggles, we're kind of further back. And so we don't have that perceptual blindness. And then we're like, holy moly. And it gives us some insight into ourselves. Oh, absolutely. That, that's a a daily thing for me now, Mm -hmm. you know, just, you know, seeing other people's experience and it's, you know putting that mirror right back into that blind spot. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and being able to hear other people's experiences. And and something I worried about, too, until you kind of set the the boundaries for the group in that way, was that um, I knew with some of my progress, I may, you know, not that there was any kind of a comparison thing going on, but I was making certain progress 
Um, and some of mine happened fairly early on mm -hmm. because it was just like there were some blockages or some things that I was doing that were ready to fall away, and they did, and they happened fairly quickly in the group because I lost the most of my weight that I lost, um, you know, happened somewhere between like almost the third month on mm -hmm. into the fourth, you know, so it was right in there, and then it was, then I was just, you know, then you kind of taper back off. So it happened during the group. And then I would worry on other people's behalf. Well, you know, I'm not keeping up with her or whatever. And I was afraid of what people might think because I was making progress and maybe they felt like they weren't. And that's not my responsibility. And being able to really get that through this whole group setting and through this structure was, was a big, big key for me. Well, yeah, and, you know, it's, it's one of the first things that we talk about, about staying in your own business, right? Yeah. And, and then even with my <laughs> yeah. show, I, I, I talk about, you know, because we're really in other people's business when I bring on all these guests, and yourself included, but it's about learning from other people's journeys, about, mm -hmm. you know, it's the glimmer of possibilities, right? It's, right. again, going back to that, like that 10,000 steps away so that we can see everything versus being so, you know, within an inch from the problem. And, right. um, and, and that's always, you know, it, the group that gets tricky because somebody can hear, oh my gosh, he's lost, you know, 20, 25 pounds in the first three months. But the reality is that when you came to the group, you didn't have a diet mentality. Right. I was already in a kind of a different headspace. Mm -hmm. But I did go through, I went through that mentality before I just happened to arrive at circle at the time that. I was really and truly ready, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and I was for, kind of in a, in a neutral place. I yeah. Think. And some people, it takes them three, four, six months, eight months to, you know, finally let go of, you mean I don't have to go on a diet to lose weight, right? Mm -hmm. You mean I can trust my body to tell me what it is that it needs, mm -hmm. right? Because there's a lot of concern of if I listen to my body, I'm going to only eat chocolate for the rest of my life. And that, and I, <laughs> the funny thing is, is that actually your body doesn't want chocolate for the rest of your life. And, mm -hmm. you know, just really getting that clarified. Yeah, that's, that's something else that I learned. Our body wants what's good for us. Yeah. There's a and that, yeah, that's a big, one of the big revelations. It's like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> really does want what's best for us. So, so that would be, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, you, the, the weight loss did happen so fast for you because you came in and you were, there wasn't the struggles of should I diet, should I not, you know, do I need to go? Because sometimes people get that whole, um, it's like the animation up where there's the dog and the dog's like, squirrel, mouse, mm -hmm. right? And that can happen in the yeah. diet mentality. It's like, oh, let's do no gluten. Oh, let's do no dairy. Oh, let's go vegan. Oh, let's do the flat belly dot. You know, it's mm -hmm. this constant, it's like an ADD world. And instead oh, yeah. was what sounds to me that happened for you is you were becoming more and more clear about connecting and practicing inside and testing out what was happening inside of your body and noticing and creating an awareness and reflecting. Tell me where I'm mm -hmm. wrong. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 100% right right there because I I did go through that process of let's try this let's try that and finally I think what ha the break for me and it was it did happen before I got to circle was that 
I really got that, you know, what they say is going to work for them probably won't work for me um, because I, I just don't seem to fit into anybody's little kind of structure or paradigm. You know, I can take certain good ideas, you know, if there's sound nutritional advice to be found somewhere, you know, I certainly want to take that. But I had already gone past that point of saying, you know, it's only going to come together if I if I put it together myself with what I know to be true for me. Mm-hmm. And so I had already passed that point before I got to circle, which is why I think it, you know, and, and this is me getting in other people's business right here is where I got sensitive to other people maybe observing me having progress so quickly and then kind of reacting to that. And, I, you know, again, that's where I'm being in their business. Um, and kind of wanting, I found myself wanting to soft pedal it and, and, and downplay it. And it, I, you know, getting some distance and time away from it, I realized, you know, I actually just went through those realizations before I got there instead of during, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, it was still a pretty long journey. And I went for a long period of time where I just kind of didn't care if I lost the weight or not. It was kind of in the back of my head, but I was hiding and I would, you know, I would count calories and do all that sort of thing and keep real strict records. But mostly I just had gotten to the point where I wasn't doing anything. Um, but I had gone through reading all the books and trying this system and trying that system and getting really excited for about a day or two and then going, uh, this something's not right here. I don't feel like I can stick with this. So, so when you say you're hiding, do you mean before you joined the circle there were times that you were hiding? Um, it had just kind of become a way of life, mm-hmm. you know, just sort of nondescript clothes. I was wearing a size that just didn't feel, um, right for me. It fit me, but it just didn't feel like who I was. And I just, you know, and it was happening across the board in other areas of my life too, just trying to kind of fade backwards, not be noticed. And there wasn't, um, there wasn't any real strong emotion attached to it, but I think now that might have been just numbness. Um, I wasn't trying to get noticed. You know, when I was younger, I was at a good natural weight and I was fit, and it, it came pretty naturally to me, although I always had the kind of the diet mentality, like following a system or trying to keep up with things just because it was always around me. Um, so even when I was actually healthy and fit and at a very good you know, natural weight for myself, there was that kind of diet mentality thing. And then as I had gained weight and, you know, I'll be, I'll be candid about it. I went through a major hormonal shift. Um, I, I actually went through menopause early and it also affected my weight gain. But what it affected was my mindset too, because there's all this information out there that says, oh, it's so hard to lose weight after menopause, I went through menopause about 15 years early and I had, you know, the, the weight, there was some weight gain that it happened at the same time. And so all of those voices outside me that said, oh, it's so hard to lose weight after this age or after menopause. And I believed it. And I, I just kind of went a little bit numb. I'm like, well, I'm just going to be stuck with this. And I'm just now remembering this because it has been a little while. When I came into Circle, I thought, well, at least I can give something a try. And it probably surprised me more than anybody else 
when the weight started coming off because I thought that maybe it wasn't going to be possible. I was like, my body is different. Everybody's body is different. Yeah, you, and, you had this belief coming in was mm-hmm. that maybe this weight gain is permanent. Yes. Yes. And I, you know, now that we're talking about it again, and it has been, you know, uh, about a year and a half since I started Circle with you, um, that was just so settled in. I didn't even have a strong reaction to it. There was just sort of this numbness and acceptance of it. Like, this is, this is me for the rest of my life, and maybe I'll lose something. And um, what, using the tools and the structure and the, you know, the, you know, the the coaching of the group helped me do was something um, very specific to me, to my own journey, which was um, I had a lot of ups and downs with with sugar. Mm -hmm. And it enabled me to create an awareness practice that enabled me to then start releasing sugar from my... My diet. I never said I'm never going to eat sugar again, but I was able to realize, you know, I eat it. This is how I feel. I eat it. This is how I'm affected. I don't eat properly or I don't eat frequently enough. This is how I feel. I saw all the cause and effect because the journaling, the food journaling, and the talking about it and doing the exercises slowed everything down enough so I could see cause and effect, cause and effect, cause and effect. And, um, Somewhere in there that that entrenched, you know, you can't lose weight after menopause thing just flew right out the window because I think I hadn't really been truly wanting to believe it all along. It just kind of settled in there. And it's just like every other thing that they, you know, that's they in quotes <laughs> say, you know, you, you know, you're stuck with this weight or it's going to be stubborn or it's going to be hard or it's so difficult or blah, 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 blah. We just accept it like, oh, yeah, it's going to be hard or, oh, it's impossible. Okay, well, I'm stuck this way. And it just went away so quickly, that belief. Like, oh, it doesn't apply to me. And if it doesn't apply to me, it may not apply to anybody else either. Mm-hmm. And, and you yeah, know, I wanted to go tell everybody, it doesn't matter if you gained weight you know, because of your hormones, it's just a thing. It's just right now, it's a change and things keep changing. And I wanted to tell everybody that. I still tell people that. It's like, uh-uh, because I know that it's that's not true. I'm one person that can tell you right now that's not true. Mm-hmm. Well, and we, we spend a lot of time working on our mindset and working on the stories that we tell ourselves. And we practice on how to uncover those beliefs right? That help us get in our mm-hmm. own way and then mm-hmm. look at what are really the truths and about how, how we can, not in a rah-rah cheerleader way, because you know, I'm not a cheerleader, but in a, in a practical way of what we can tell ourselves that's really true and also serves us in the direction that we want to go in. Yes. Yeah. Uncovering that, that, yeah, the, the whole awareness practice of that. Um, I was able to shine a spotlight, you know, even just a little flashlight, I think sometimes, on what I'd been believing for so long. And and it's not a, you know, true is good and not true is bad kind of way. It was just like, oh, that that's not something I actually believe. 
but I've been going by it for so long, you know, and just by uncovering it, it was, I was able to release, you know, any, anything that just, that I thought I believed that I actually really, really didn't. It was so much easier to just release it just by uncovering it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being asked the questions, you know, like I, I think I said earlier when we sent our food journals and you'd throw back a question and say, what is this about? Um, you know, just just that little mind shift that happens when you you think think of it in a different way. It's like, oh, I, I why do I think I believe that? I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then whoosh, it's gone. Um, you know, just jiggling it loose a little bit at a time is what it felt like. Well, and so a new saying that I have now that I didn't say when we were in the group together, but is small hinges can move big doors. Ooh. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and, I like that a lot. And that's what it sounds like with your experience. It wasn't like, you know, we made these, you know, a lot of times when we go on a diet, we get so excited because, oh, these are going to be big changes, right? We're going to eliminate this or we're going to do this or we're going to work out. We're going to join this workout program. So we're going to make these big changes, but they're hard to be sustainable. Yeah. Right. And with my observation from working with you was, is that, you know, you had a really busy life and then adding the circle in was, you know, another thing to add into that in an already full life. But you added, you, you looked at how could you add it in, in the current structure of your life without having to make this big change of your life. And you just continuously mm-hmm. tweaked and shifted and tweaked and shifted, reflected. And it was never this straight, you know, remember that? I don't know if I sent that. I think I did that straight, that graph of success. It's that one arrow, right? It was this windy road. Oh, that is one of the most useful things, actually, I, I learned from you in that entire time was that success is not a straight line, that it, it curves and comes back and goes around that whole little, it, you sent us a graphic. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a it curled back, and I that has been one of the most useful reminders to me. I bring it back up. I bring it up to other people that it's not going to be just one single straightforward road. That you're going to come back and get what you need, and then go forward again, and you'll step to the side and get what you need and go forward again. But it's always some kind of forward movement. Yeah. Um and and there's there's small hinges, right? They weren't like these gigantic oh, yeah. things. It was like you keep practice and then we talk about practice a lot you practice every day you keep showing up you incorporate it and if that means you have five minutes today you incorporate in those five minutes Mm -hmm. and and then maybe some other days you have more time to reflect maybe on that 10th day when you're trying to get your reflection in right it may take a bit more time because you're doing it then instead of the days before but it's not it's it's these small steps that I really believe that create sustainable success. And that's what it sounds like. And please tell me where I'm wrong, but that's what it sounds like has helped you maintain your natural weight. Yes. 15 months later. Well, and, and it's funny. I don't have the practice because when I think back across it, I, I realize I've just, my body's natural way is to, is left. If left to its own devices, (laughs) Um, will stay steady at a weight and be self-regulating as long as I'm not, you know, doing something to interfere. Well, I was staying steady at a weight that was much heavier than I needed to be. I'm I'm petite. I'm, you know, I'm not very tall. And so 
you know, even if like 25 um, or 30 pounds doesn't sound like much on, on my frame, it was several sizes. Mm-hmm. But I was holding steady at a weight that was not my right natural weight. So I went through this process and the weight went away and I actually altogether from the time I started, like right around starting the circle until losing the most weight that I did lose was about 30 pounds. Now I've come back up about five pounds and I'm absolutely fine with that because it feels like where my body wants to be, where it tends to be where it stays naturally and my clothes fit right. I stay right within that same size without any difficulty mm-hmm. at all. But what I noticed is that the some of the practices went away, but what did develop was the habit of catching myself when something, like noticing when I was doing things, you know, and noticing either right away or within a matter of hours or noticing thing, something over a course of a couple of days where I was doing things that were causing, you know, it's that cause and effect thing mm-hmm. where the, the reaction was, I didn't feel right. I'm not sleeping well. My blood sugar's going up and down. You know, I could bring myself back, just gently, you know, come back around, come back around. I developed such a a good, powerful habit of noticing or being able to catch things in the short term rather than it going on for months on end um, that that I know has been instrumental in me being able to stay at a natural weight because I've never, you know... I lost the weight. I moved on. It, it, it's not just this big event that happened in my life because people around me were really noticing, like, oh, my goodness, what are you doing? And I would try to explain to them because I, I know people that want a system or a, a magic bullet or whatever, and there are other people that really appreciated that I could share with them. You know, it, it has become an awareness practice, and I still, you know, I still tell people, they say, what did you do? What, you know, what did you change? And I say, it's an awareness practice. And then I'll give them an example of noticing, you know, I'll I'll say, how about this? Do you crave something late at night? You know, are you getting enough sleep? And what do you think that means? You know, I'll just carry over, <laughs> you, know, you know, what it, um, you know, are but you know, it's in the context, so it's not, I'm not giving a real good example, but just asking them the questions that shine a light on, you know, their own sense of awareness. I say, that's it right there. You've just become aware of something you didn't know you were doing. Mm-hmm. And and they get it. But it, the difference in my own awareness practice um, is what I've, you know, sustained. And it's a very natural part of me now. Um, it's not something I have to think about. You know, I will go two or three days working, you know, not eating for several hours, notice I'm having difficulty getting to sleep, you know, my clothes may fit a little bit differently after two or three days and say, okay, what what's going on here? What is it you're doing? And then be able to go back over the whole thing and see the whole cause and effect and um, with more awareness. And that has been, it, it, it's now a part of who I am and now it's now a habit. It's now the new way. Um. And it takes six months mm-hmm. <laughs> to, you know, that's that was the other big surprise is like, you know, we all want that instant, mm-hmm. the instant fix, which is why diets get, I think, so popular because they show some kind of a result right away. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is going to work great. 
And it's the truth of needing time for things to shift in our brains, in our way of thinking, in our habits. And it just takes the time that it takes. And being allowed to give myself permission, being told that I have permission, you know, that I can that I can give myself permission to do things the way I do things, was was a big game changer for me. You know. Yeah, I think my my way my way is a very acceptable way, and for me, it's the only way, and that's that's great. That's yeah. Well, and and there you know there are very specific re- reasons and research of why I set up the group as a six month group because mm-hmm. there is this you know adrenaline in the beginning of oh, okay I've signed up right and people get excited mm-hmm. and this is going to fix all my problems and then and then the high kind of goes away after that first month and it's like. Oh crap. Yeah. <laughs> I have work to do, right? Yeah. And, and but the reality the word tedious comes to mind for a particular reason. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that worksheet. <laughs> but what happens yeah. is that when you can give yourself that space, you know, it takes a long time to get traction going, you know, yes. to really like get traction. it. Traction. You know, cuz you can intellectually even understand a lot of the stuff, but to really get traction where it's like, okay, where you are just kind of living in that way, right? You, you can have that mindfulness and that awareness, and it, it doesn't take as much energy. But in the beginning, when you're trying to get traction, it takes a lot of energy to have that focus. Mm-hmm. Well, and I like driving metaphors and mm-hmm. flying metaphors. And mine is that when you're, in, when you're just getting a car going from stop and you've got to go through up, go up through, excuse me, um, first, second, third, fourth gear, it takes a lot more power, a lot more fuel, a lot more attention, you know, a lot more shifting. And when you're in fifth gear, it's just this steady, even maintenance that uses a whole lot less fuel. And that's exact, I mean, traction is such the right word, mm-hmm. I think, because that was my experience, because just it always takes more work at the beginning of a new thing than it does when you're maintaining it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that the, the second half of the six months seemed to go by so much more quickly because it was like getting up into that fifth gear, you know, and just maintaining and knowing that just it takes little adjustments, you know, just the little hint, the hinge that moves the door, just little adjustments are going to make a difference in, in, um, you know, what direction you just turn the steering wheel just a little bit you're going to go in that direction but yeah traction and and if you skip the traction part i'm i'm thinking now if you know skip that tedious part including the tedious exercise (laughs) (laughs) wow i still every time i see that word i still think of that i'm i'm yeah (laughs) because i had a funny experience (laughs) with that one but um you know, had it not been for the tedious part, the rest of it, you know, if not going, you can't go straight into fifth gear. You're right. You just can't. And I still, I still see it that way. It's like that was absolutely necessary. And so glad I did it. Don't have to do it again. You know, the tedious stuff. But if I needed to do it again, I could go back through it knowing that it doesn't last forever. I think that's part of it. It feels like, oh, is, am I going to be in this part forever? You know, you don't stay in first gear forever. Mm-hmm. Well, um, but it, 
it feels like it at the time, but then afterwards you're like, oh, no, no, this, yeah. Well, and be, and here's the other thing, because people that are listening to this, you know, interview right now, they're thinking, oh, I want to be where Kathleen is right now, right? 15 months mm-hmm. into it. But the reality is, is that your brain has to develop the neurons and then the myelin exactly. sheath to have that happen. Mm-hmm. And when you, you know, the traction is when um, y- you're going through deep struggle. That's what's happening. But what people do yeah. is they make that deep struggle mean that, oh, this isn't working for me. So now I better go see that squirrel. Right. Yeah. And they yes, jump yes, ship. Yes. And, and I wouldn't trade back a minute of it. I mean, that, you know, just the struggle part of it. And even in the bigger, broader picture, you know, of our lives, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here now if not for that being willing to go through that struggle. I wouldn't be at this place of having maintained this natural weight, you know, that feels right to me if I hadn't done that. And I know that now, mm-hmm. you know, and if I had jumped to here, I would have missed learning so much, so much that I actually wanted to know, mm-hmm. you know, in that way, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, that's sort of my thing, and I know not, not everybody's <laughs> that way. It's sort of my thing, learning that much about myself and how I operate, and, you know, it helps me see how other people operate, too. That is just, you know, totally worth the price of admission right there. I wouldn't want to skip to where I am right now. I wouldn't have wanted to just suddenly dropped away. Yes, it was pretty rapid for me, but it was going with a pretty rapid self-awareness thing that was going on right along with it. What did you learn about yourself? Um, oh, so much. Um, I learned, first of all, that I actually have a good natural instinctive way of gravitating towards what's right for me, but that I would override it with my mind and with my intellect and my thinking and my beliefs. Um, And that I could work in tandem with myself, with my body. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to either, I didn't have to push the, the intellect and the knowledge to the side and defer only to my body or only, you know, it wasn't one or the other. It's in tandem. It's a partnership with myself. Mm-hmm. And that I, you know, I, I learned that I had some pretty terrific instincts about just gravitating towards what's right for me. Um, and also just learning the truth that finding my own way of doing things is not only acceptable, it might be the most efficient way, mm-hmm. you know, not having to defer, you know, it, I'm, I'm very much a, a reader and I love to soak up information. I love to experience different people's points of view, but for a very long time in my life, I would kind of subjugate mine to theirs, which I think we all can do to a degree where we just say, okay, well, they must know better than me. And finding, the, just feeling, not even finding, feeling the truth of the fact that we truly are our own experts. We can go to everybody else to get some information and kind of weigh and balance and see what works for us and what doesn't. They're just resources and 
um, sources of learning and maybe even inspiration, definitely inspiration, but just really getting the truth that we are the only expert um, and allowing that to 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 be the way we do it was one of the the biggest things I learned, you know, and learned like deep in myself. So it sounds <laughs> not just in my head. So it sounds like you really learned how to listen to yourself and trust yourself. Yes. And really value your own expertise and knowledge. Yes. Yes. Well, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and that it and that by saying yes I'm the expert in no way subjugated anybody else. I wasn't it it's a level playing field because if each of us is our own expert, then everybody is the expert. And that felt really good to me to be able to keep it a level playing field. I wasn't pushing myself up above somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know. I know best and being able to own that and say, yes, I do. Let me check in with myself and see how that feels. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's having a nice ripple effect on in my life even now, you know, in other ways, you know, setting, setting nice healthy boundaries. I mean, we can go on and on with that, but that, that was kind of a real good solid exercise in, in teaching me that too. One thing I wanted to ask you is that, um, I had another client did, who talked about her journey and, and her journey is very different than yours. And, and she's built this, you're more of a do it yourself and she's built a team of people. And, mm-hmm. um, a listener had said, Oh my goodness, I just, I get more depressed thinking that this is the way I have to do it. And here, I think you're a great example because you you are more of a do it yourselfer and it's not like you hired a private trainer or went and joined, uh, an exercise program. Can you share about that part of the process about like movement for you and how that worked for you? That's yeah, that's kind of interesting because here comes another confession. I have probably been doing less what I would call formal exercise in the last few months than I did for years before that. I I'm a big walker. I used to try to do other real structured kind of exercises and I found just something that's a little more Freeform, like being able to to listen to audios and, and books while I was walking, would be great. I also happen to be one of my one of my uh, forms of work has me on my feet, like actually moving around many hours a week, and I do that quite a lot. Um, so once I accepted that any form of movement and just keeping my, you know, following what, you know, I, I felt right, you know, what felt, my body felt it wanted to do, put it that way, um, and accepting that the movement I was doing was, in fact, movement, and it didn't have to be the structured, you know, if it's not exercise if it doesn't, you know, if it doesn't have this, you know, if you don't wear certain clothes and do a certain thing on a certain schedule with a certain movement, you know, accepting the movement that I did engage in, which was quite a lot, um, you know, made it a little easier because I don't seem to do really good with super structured systems because eventually I'll just wander off and go do something else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, There have been times recently where I thought I would really like to go out and be walking 
again, I used to, I live very close to the, um, the water here and I used to go out and walk by the water a lot because it was, it fit into my, my life and my schedule and, you know, just the logistics of it and not so much anymore. But I've found that, you know, I feel like I would like to start going out and walking even if it's just around the block some so I can listen to books again. Um, and what I'm really not doing is beating myself up anymore mm-hmm. about not doing things. Um, Say, so I practice a very simple home practice of my own of yoga for a long time, and then I noticed the other day, I'm like, ooh, I'm kind of tight. And, oh, wait a minute, I haven't stretched for a while. And I just spontaneously was able to do it. There's no self-recrimination. There's no, like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to do it. Five times this week, it's got to be this structure. And that used to be my mindset. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, It used to be my mindset, like, oh, I've got to get back into a program. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I've got to do it this, 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 and this day. And I think the the flexibility with food journaling, yes, this is a helpful tool until it's not. You know, if I, I don't need to food journal anymore, I'm paying more attention to what food I'm eating. I'm noticing when I lean towards, and that's the whole, I for me, that was the whole point of food journaling. Same thing with the, um, the exercise, just allowing myself to, kind of ebb and flow with what I need to do. I would like to be moving more. You know, that's something where maybe a little bit more structure will be helpful to me, but the self-recrimination is way, way long gone now. I was able to just say, okay, I have some time right now. I have my video. I'm going to throw my yoga mat, roll my yoga mat out and do whatever I can do in this 20 minutes that I have right now. And I stretched and I was able to start moving more easily. You know, I release some of the tension and it was exactly what I needed it to be and there was no you know making it mean everything else you know like oh I'm starting back up yoga again it's like no I did yoga today mm-hmm. and it was good <laughs> and you know there's a lot more freedom in in seeing things that way no and I and I, I like that because you are it's about you getting connected with you right and the whole reason we do food yeah. journals is to connect with your body because there has been this mindlessness this giving up this ol and lack of awareness so it's about connecting and you're you're an example of who of somebody who likes to do it yourself and and has a different way and really it's about creating movement in our life i mean that's really what exercise is it's not mm-hmm. about going to a machine and a machine telling us once again did we get a gold star or not? Right. Right. So I think you're, you know, I really thank you, Kathleen, for coming on my show today because you provide a glimmer of possibilities for so many other people who may be out there going, okay, diets don't work for me or this doesn't work for me. And yes, it's possible that I could lose weight, you know, by creating Mm -hmm. an awareness, by not having to go on a diet. So I really thank you for that. Well, thank you so much for asking me to do this because it's, 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 really brought back to the forefront a lot of the, the really positive things that that I learned and, you know, just and creating this awareness, you know, and it's just renewing that sense of that's that's what this journey was about for me. You know, and I, I really thank you for just creating creating it in the way that you did. Because I, I know, I'll be real honest, I was real, a little resistant because I have a, just a different style than most people, and I wasn't really sure. And um, you know, even having a different style maybe even than 
than you have was really, really useful. So I really appreciate you creating it the way that you did because it, yeah, it, everything had a purpose. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. Thank you. And it was really was a pleasure to work with you. And I'm, I'm just happy for you. I'm happy that you realized that that weight gain was not permanent. And I'm happy that you've had this freedom and how it's been able to cultivate and, uh, and other areas of your life. And yeah, um, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, it it is a it's definitely a freedom. I don't think about the weight anymore. I just it's not a thing. It's just now it's now a non-issue. So that's yeah, awesome. It's not a thing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Kathleen, thank you so much for being on today. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us at How She Really Does It. Each week, I try to bring inspiration, empowerment, and entertainment for you. Each show has a takeaway, something you can implement to take those steps forward in your own journey. I'd love to hear from you. You can connect with me at my website at www.howshereallydoesit.com and sign up for my weekly newsletter to get insider information as well as each podcast delivered directly into your inbox. Have a great day and I'm smiling big for you. Early morning, fog is lifting. She's in a rowboat on a lake. She is dreaming, she is drifting.